0: Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing for Law Firms podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into clients. Now, here's the founder and CEO of 10 Golden Rules, Jay Berkowitz.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Really excited today to have Tom Martin from LawDroid, and uh, Jenna's with me again great to see you guys. Thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for having us.
1: Thanks for having me, Jay. Really glad to be here. Our pleasure. So um, first of all, Tom, tell us a little bit about your background and um, how it all led to um, starting an AI company for um, law firms.
2: Thanks. Yeah, I think that my trajectory is completely atypical. It's definitely that it proves the rule that Well, I don't know about success, but like (laughs) progress is not a straight line. It's all over the place. I'm originally from Los Angeles. I live in Vancouver now. I am a practicing lawyer, have been for almost 25 years now. Uh, Went to UCLA Law School. But as soon as I got out, I spent some time in the entertainment business and then became a litigator and then I've worked in different practice areas as a litigator, uh, toxic tort, personal injury, class actions, employment law, even some family law. And although that sounds all kind of crazy and all over the place, um, I think what it's given me in retrospect is like an ability to empathize, understand, and get into the shoes of practicing lawyers and understand what their problems are because I, I share them. And I've always loved technology ever since I was a little kid, around the age of six years old. Coming back from preschool, my mom was working at Cal State, LA, and there was a preschool just up the street. And the AV guy that worked at the university was good friends with my mom. And he was so excited because he just got an Apple II in. And he was showing me, you know, how to how to use it. And that really sparked my love of tech. And so ever since then, as a little kid, I've just tried to work it into everything I do. And so naturally, after becoming a lawyer, I thought, how can I do this better, cheaper, faster, you know, not as stressful. And so I tried to work tech into it, opened my own firm in 2006, and used a lot of that technology to, uh, to be able to, to have a much bigger footprint than my small firm would have traditionally had. And, uh, and then, you know, founded LawDroid uh, seven years ago. And with chatbots, the idea was the same thing. It was how to how to give regular people more access to legal services and also like how do I help lawyers take advantage of this technology to do the same. That's
1: great. And we'll we'll dive deep into droid but I want to learn a little bit more about you first because it's it's interesting. Like you and I sort of flip-flopped, crossed over. I grew up in Western Canada and now I live in the United States. And you did the reverse. How how did you end up going from uh you know, LA, UCLA to, um, living in Canada and beautiful Vancouver, by the way, not a bad place to be.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Vancouver is gorgeous, especially today. Um, it's, it's the rare, like two months out of the year (laughs) that we have it nice and sunny and it's springtime and beautiful. The reason is pretty typical, uh, you know, love relationship. My wife's family is from here, from Vancouver. Oh, great. Um, they actually moved over from Italy. Um, her parents did, and then she grew up here in Vancouver. And um, I grew up in LA, so very much the city part of LA. You know, sidewalk, asphalt, uh, concrete everywhere—like very cityscape kind of um, childhood experience. Although I did go to to high school in like of Flint Ridge, which is the nicer part of uh, the San Gabriel Valley in Los Angeles. But still, it's a pretty uh urban experience. And so to move up here to Vancouver 10 years ago, part of the motivation was to have my girls I have two girls that are uh 20 and 16 now, and at the time they were 10 years younger, to like have a more safe suburban kind of experience. And they they truly have had that here. It's yeah, it's gorgeous and uh the people are fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's great. So what, what's If you could tell everyone just one quick thing, what's one of the greatest things about, you know, Vancouver and Canada?
2: One of the greatest things. um, Well, I don't know if it's the greatest thing, but it's a small thing that really adds to our general happiness, you know, on a daily basis is uh, taking my dog for a walk. You know, I take him for a walk and we have a creek nearby. And when you go for the walk, it's along this path of the creek through the forest. And I can't tell you how much it's, you know, a mental escape a relief yeah. and um, just kind of grounds you. And that's awesome.
1: It's like a quality of life thing. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, my, when I, when I asked the question, I didn't know what, what my, my answer, like if if people haven't been to Vancouver and people probably saw Vancouver during the winter Olympics and di- different um, events there, but it's like the most beautiful city that's on the ocean but yet you can see the snowtop mountains and uh, there's tons of just like natural hiking and lakes and wildlife. And it's just, it's just awesome. So um, for sure, I I guess, you know, let's uh, dip a little bit further. You know, you said you had some technology solutions for running your law firm, you know, before we get like deep into AI and, and law droid, you know, what are some of the technology solutions that you use that, people could still use today because I keep hearing it, you know, so many attorneys are interested in, like, we want to automate things. We want to work, you know, we are working remotely. We want to continue to work remotely. We want to be able to work from anywhere. What are some of those tech solutions that you discovered that uh, folks could still take advantage of today?
2: So I'll point out one old one new Uh, one old one at the time that I even started the firm is document automation, you know, it's been around for so long. It's had different incarnations. At the time, it was Hot Docs, but to be perfectly open with you, like I couldn't afford Hot Docs at the time. It was <laughs> a pretty pricey licensing fee. So we found this company down in Australia, I think it was, that called Express Docs, and it was trying to beat out Hot Docs and had a great price net. Long story short, document automation, tremendous value from that. Uh, we were one of the first law firms that um, partnered, so to speak, with LegalZoom, where they were marketing prenuptial agreements, and we were the firm that was servicing all of the clients. And I had, I think at the high point, close to two dozen lawyers that were working with me and were, had a you know national practice providing prenups that were uh, brought in f- through LegalZoom. And the way we made it possible is with the document automation. I had it set up, so we had templates for different states and the lawyers were offering these services at flat fees and the way that it was affordable and possible for the lawyers was that when we got the client through the door, they fi- they filled out an interview and we had this prenup practically 90% done for the lawyers just with a bow on it. They just had to review it. And uh, so document automation is awesome. The thing nowadays uh, for the last 10 years has been Slack. You know, R- we've been running a remote office for 10 years now. And having something to communicate like Slack makes it possible, pulling everyone together. I have a lawyer in Florida, one in Texas, one in California. I'm up here in Vancouver. My paralegal's in Idaho. Uh, I have two assistants that work in Wyoming. And, you know, it it makes it all possible to have that asynchronous communication. And also, like, you could pull a little bit of arbitrage with how much you pay out because, it's more than enough what i pay for wyoming uh but if if they're working from you know la or in century city or something they might it might not be enough what i'm paying to support you know the whole uh operation
1: yeah we love slack um and it'd be interesting to hear how you use it for a law firm Um, but i want to give jenna an an easy uh low-hanging softball here Jenna, Jenna, what's the coolest, like, how would you describe how we use Slack? And just explain to someone what it is if they don't know what it is.
0: Yeah, so Slack allows our team to communicate all day, even though we're all virtual. Um, None of us are in the office together, but I feel like we are. We have very specific channels for specific clients of ours, or you can directly message um, your coworkers, and it's very easy to stay organized Um, with communication through people who are all over the country or world.
1: Yeah. So I guess it would be similar for the law firm. Like we would have a Slack for each, each client. And then we have a Slack for each topic. So like we might, we have a search Slack and in there, the search team are like, Hey, we just discovered this new app or, you know, "I'll, I'll read an article about Google's new algorithm update and I'll put it in the Slack channel for search. So we can all stay up to date on a topic and, everybody kind of comment on it. Um, How how would you use Slack? And and maybe just to generally explain what it is, you know, it's, I always tell people, it's like group chat, you know, like if you're on a group texting feature with, like our family has a group chat, but it's, you know, it's super organized for business. And also it's really good at attaching links and documents. So like all the links and documents around search are stored in that search channel and all the links and documents for one of our clients is in that client channel and the channel is the terminology. It's like, how would you uh, use it for a law firm? And how would you recommend um, firms understand Slack and and incorporate it?
2: Yeah, I was just taking a look at it actually to see how we do organize it. (laughs) Um, And so we have channels set up for different topics like vacation requests, right? Just really easy for people to drop them in there. And also, it it links everyone else in. So if it's affecting the team, they could be like, oh, I could cover that um, time, no worries. Or um, you know, like then leads. So everyone who's on the team that deals with leads, they you know communicate through that and they keep each other apprised of what's going on. Um, we have some lawyers that provide phone advice, um, and so they talk to each other so that they don't step on each other's feet about who's picking up what call at what time.
1: Right. And then just
2: a whole bunch of you know, private messaging between me and individual uh, employees to make sure that we're on track. So, yeah, I mean, you could you could break down the channels to practice areas, um and then still keep that one-to-one communication. And then we use Box for managing our documents. So, when it comes to document review, like my paralegal I'll just drop a link into to Box, and I click on it and go to Box and then review that, give it a thumbs up, and so it's all interconnected and it works perfect. you know it's real smooth
1: so box is a legal it's is is it document review or is it something else
2: it's it, it's just a document storage uh platform okay but they also have uh built into it approvals so for example like he might assign um let's say a motion that he drafted and i need to add to it and once i add to it uh I hit an approval on there saying it's good on my end. It's like over and out back to you. And then like goes back to him uh, and he gets notified that I've approved it and then vice versa back and forth until we're, you know, until we're done. Yeah. So it's a great way of, it's a great way of mimicking the same thing as him walking into my office and saying, Hey Tom, here's my draft. Would you take a look at it? But instead of having to have that in-person interaction, we just do it through Slack and box.
1: And in the old days, you would have printed it out, marked it up with the little yellow red or something. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's all done digitally, virtually and from the comfort of your own home. (laughs) Exactly. Uh,
0: Yeah, that's that's cool. I know you told us like what inspired your love for like the technology and stuff, but what inspired you to um, start a career in the legal field?
2: Yeah, um. Well, first off, like nobody in my family had ever been a lawyer or gone to university yet. So I didn't really have many examples to work off of, but, um, I took a year off after college. I worked for a lawyer to see if I, you know, enjoyed it. I had a degree in philosophy. So part of it was like, what the hell am I going to do with this degree in philosophy? <laughs> and then, um, it seemed to me like the law might be like a practical application of, of a philosophy degree. And then I worked for a lawyer saw what he did. And even though he was extremely old school, which actually inspired a lot of the tech ideas in my head, I used to review things with him where he, he would draft it on a yellow pad and then give it to me and he'd redline it. And it was just a nightmare of like 19th century lawyering. And uh, despite that, I still wanted to go to law school and then brought tech to bear on it.
0: Awesome.
2: Cool. So, Tell us here, I mean, maybe give us first a
1: 10,000 foot view of LawDroid and what the company does and the utility and how folks are using it. And then, um, you know, the second question is, you know, tell us about the early days of the company. So
2: yeah, happy to. So LawDroid, I started it um, seven years ago as a kind of an experiment. I was following the news. I saw an article about Joshua Broder who um, he has that company called do not pay at the time though, he was just a student in London and he used a chatbot, which is kind of a new thing at the time to get himself out of um, and to help a whole bunch of other people get out of parking tickets by doing parking ticket appeals in London. And when I read that article, it sounds ridiculous, but kind of like the hair stood up because I was like, this is, there's a lot of like promise in this thing. Like, as I told you, I had experience with document automation, but to be able to automate questions and answers and like the provision of legal information, that was like a whole other step. And it seemed like if you could combine those two things together, you could do an awful lot. And so I launched LawDroid to take advantage of that opportunity. And the first thing out of the box was just a simple chatbot that interviewed somebody who wanted to start a business, asked them five questions, and then created incorporation documents in california because seven years ago uh california was still a paper-based situation to form a corporation and uh since then partly because of feedback that and conversations i had with some uh, legislators there it it is now all electronic and um they also have a chat bot on their secretary of state website cool
1: so um so that was the early days Um, What were some of the biggest challenges you you faced when starting a company?
2: So once it got past the experimental stage, um, it felt like there was traction because there was interest in chatbots from especially legal aid organizations. And I didn't expect to find it there. Uh, Sometimes you kind of find business where it comes to you. And one of my first contracts was working with a legal aid organization in Tennessee. And I flew out to Nashville got to meet the people, wonderful people at Tennessee Alliance for Legal Services, got to understand their problems um, and how we could solve them. And, you know, once I did that, I understood it's a perfect marriage, you know, automation and legal aid, because they have so so many people that are in need of their services. They don't have enough volunteer attorneys to throw at the problem. And so if you can automate the provision of information and even documents, um you could really help them to achieve their mission which is to help the general public with their legal needs and so um through that a lot of bespoke projects came from that with different legal aid organizations across the country that brought money in then the money that came in I used to bootstrap building our own software service platform and so that led to the creation of the two products we have now one being a chatbot builder that we've had for about three years now where you can do DIY create your own chatbot? We like to think of it as WordPress for AI. And the second product is an AI legal assistant called Copilot, which helps lawyers to get through their day-to-day tasks uh, more quickly, easily, and you know, be more profitable.
1: Awesome. Nice. Well, I, first, Jen, I was going to say, can we just d- dig a little deeper into each of those products? So, the chatbot builder is that. To build legal chats or any kind of chats, and what are some of the um, uses people have derived from that?
2: Yeah, so Lawdroid Builder is the chatbot builder, and we've layered technology on top of it. It started off as kind of choose your own adventure, and then conditional logic. We added a layer of natural language processing, and now we've added the layer of you know open AI to everything because it just works so so well, and. Being a WordPress for AI, what does that mean? It means that lawyers can use it to create different types of AI tools. One real easy one that doesn't use a lot of AI actually is a lead capture bot they put on their website. It pops up and um, you know engages a potential client, gets their contact information and all that. But that is probably the most basic uh, thing that you could do with our platform. Another is that... Um, you could have like a paralegal bot, which interviews a client, asks dozens of questions, then uses the answers to those questions to create legal documents on the fly, uh, sends those documents over to the attorney as, uh, in a Word document um, format, and the attorney gets the work done on the back end without the client even knowing necessarily, and you know they can get do- work done a lot faster. But you could also tie it into phone systems. It could, it could deal with texting. And and now you can create AI legal assistance with it, where um, you know it could handle more complex tasks.
0: Awesome.
1: That's the chatbot. Does that also explain the legal assistant copilot,
2: or do you want to dig into that one? Oh, you're right. So that's Lawdroid Builder, and coincidentally, we use Lawdroid Builder to build our AI legal assistant copilot. That's how how powerful the uh, LawDroid Builder platform is. And so the AI legal assistant, you you know, you log into it, you can do some basic legal research. You could summarize documents. Uh, you could draft letters and, uh, emails. You could do grammar checks. It even has uh, an option for emotional support if you're in the office way too late and you just need to talk to somebody, it'll actually be pretty empathetic, um, in giving you some support. And, um, we also just have a, a new feature where you can upload your own documents into the system where it becomes much more useful that way. And you could ask questions about the documents you have. And uh, we're going to be rolling out a new feature where you could draft new documents based on your old documents. So it's it's really exciting. And uh, the feedback I've been getting so far from lawyers is they really enjoy it. We've also got a lot of uh, law students and law librarians that have signed up because we have a case briefing feature where it briefs cases and the students love that. And lawyers love it too, because it helps them to get to the meat of what a case is about real quick. That's great. Jenna, go ahead. I know you had a question as well.
0: Oh yeah. I was just going to ask how you think um, your platform differs from similar products that are on the market.
2: Yeah. And there definitely are a lot of, a lot of products that are popping up now. Um, there's um Probably at the higher end, dealing with more like enterprise and larger firms, you have Harvey and uh, co-counsel. And, you know, both of them are several months ahead of our development and can't really compete with them. They're going after a different market. Plus, I'm bootstrapped from all of the projects that we've done, so I can't really compete with uh, venture-funded companies. But I think we've really hit above our weight with what we've been able to achieve with Uh, the funding that we do have from our old projects. And um, the thing is, is that with the technology nowadays, AI technology, you don't have to have a ton of money to build out something really awesome. And I think that's why we've been able to do it. And it puts us at an advantage in terms of the pricing because we could price affordably um, and we we could help medium to solo firms and price affordably so that they could get into this product whereas our competitors although they might be ahead of us for now they have to charge a lot more because they need to satisfy their investors so i think we do have a good niche for ourselves and um i'm just really excited to see where this goes
0: it's
1: awesome um so like i, I, I always want to dumb things down so i can understand them but you know, what's is is there a, a like a case study of a, a law firm in a practice area that's using the product and and just explain it in very um you know, for the for the non techies, um here's here's here was here was their instance, here's how they used it, and here's how they're saving a lot of time and money today.
2: So for for which which product though, the, the, the Long, well the if you want to do both or...
1: yeah, if you want to do both, go ahead.
2: Yeah, so one firm on the uh, bot builder side is a firm that i worked with for a long time. It's a workers' compensation firm based out of Tacoma, Washington. And so for, for them, we built a bot that it essentially conducts an interview that asks about three dozen questions about workers' compensation. And so keep in mind, somebody these people have not hired this lawyer yet, yeah. but they're looking for help and they go to his website and they click on the bot. It runs them through this interview and then it provides them with a report at the end of the interview that identifies all of the workers' comp issues that they have, which they probably didn't even know, you know what those were. And then it provides self-help resources that they can click on, link to, PDF downloads, like all of this great info. And it's provided provided to them at at no cost. And so it's a great, it's a great lead magnet. It's a great marketing tool, but it's also a really great you know, just pro bono uh, benefit that the firm is offering to people. And it builds a lot of great goodwill because they have a positive experience. They got value out of the firm. And then if they ever want to hire somebody down the road, if it gets too complicated for them, they'll probably be thinking about that firm.
1: That's great. And I bet you it's a fantastic link builder. Like we in SEO, search engine optimization, there's a huge value in getting other sites to link to your site. So if you've got this great free pro bono workers comp analysis tool that pr- cranks out a report for you what a great value for other websites to link to that website and the value of those links is it increases your SEO your search engine optimization performance
2: Yeah for sure and there have been people linking to it articles written about the you know the that technology and so it's gotten a good a good amount of uh PR for for the firm.
1: While we're on that topic, what yeah. what kind of price point to uh you know like if someone wanted to build their own tool to build like we said, you know, goodwill and a free utility and, and a lead generator and a link a link magnet. <laughs> how what kind of price point to start with that product?
2: Well, that that product is a DIY product, so they could somebody could sign up and build something on their own. And for access to the platform, it's $99 per month per seat. Right. So um if it's just one person, they'll only be paying $99 yeah. per month. Now that doesn't mean we're building out something like that for them for $99 per month, but they they can go in and they could build themselves a solution like that. And we also have templates in our system so that some of the most common use cases, like the lead capture bot, they could literally create their own lead capture bot with one click by using one of our templates to auto-generate one of those bots.
0: That's awesome. That was going to be my next question is if your platform was pretty simple to use or if it was really complicated, but that's great that you have templates. People great. can go in and see what you guys have been doing for other people.
2: Yeah.
1: That was a great example. Do you want to give us an example for the,
2: um, the second product? So the second product, which is our AI legal assistant copilot, it's kind of early days. We launched uh, in research beta in January, but we now have over 200 users that are using it and we have close to 900 people on our wait list. So we're getting lots of great feedback. It's also a work in progress. you know so purposefully the point of the, the feedback is to is to mold the product. And um, so, one of the most requested feature requests was to add the ability for them to upload their own documents and manipulate them. And so that's that's why the you know that's our uh, front burner priority that we're very close to having available to users. But I mean, so far it's been it's been good. People have stayed on board, you know, this whole time. And I'm also going to reward them for being part of the research beta by giving them a steep discount off of the uh, the product once it, once it launches publicly.
1: Do you have a personal injury case study for that product, or is it better in different practice areas?
2: The AI legal assistant? Yeah. Yeah, for the AI legal assistant, don't have a case study for PI specifically? No.
1: And the reason I ask is just because it seems like about 70% of the,
2: the queries we get and the listeners...
1: RPI, PI, but they're not, it's not exclusive.
2: Yeah, I think the one killer application of the AI legal assistant, once we're able to upload, you know, their own personal documents, is uh, demand letter generation. Because there's a lot of high, high volume, and I used to do PI too. <laughs> so I, I have some experience with that. But if you have a high volume PI practice, turning out those demand letters uh, would be great. And if you can... The promise that we're looking at is the ability to connect it into your existing medical records, uh, chiropractic records, nurse life care plans, and then use all of that information to put together a pretty decent demand letter that has a lot of backup, you know. That's great.
1: Uh, All right, Jenna, you want to hit uh, one more question?
0: Yeah, so when it comes to, uh, you know, building these chatbots and stuff, is this something you guys build for your clients or this is the platform they go in, they build them out or they can use your templates for their specific site.
2: Yeah. So on the chat chatbot builder side, I try to make it as DIY as possible. It it even looks like WordPress so that it just, you know, has that really intuitive feel to it. And mm-hmm. then we have the templates in there for common use cases and we're building out more and more supportive videos So that they can kind of teach themselves how to use it when I get a lot of the same questions. But when it does come to like bigger scope stuff, like let's say a legal aid organization comes to us and they say, we, you know, we love this platform, but we need to build out a legal wellness checkup that has to do with like six different legal topics. And each one of them takes a deep dive. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. If
2: that's the case, then, you know, we usually scope out a project for them. And so even though we're using our platform, we build it for them. And so that would have a a higher cost because we're actually, you know, doing the build out for them. Right. And so we could do that for law law firms too, if they wanted, it kind of depends on, you know, what their budget is and how, how deeply they they want to get involved themselves in it. Sounds awesome.
1: And, you know, one question I would have is like, you know, here's an attorney and you built an AI uh, coding and, and team and, and brought a product to market. Um, you know, what's involved in building a team and finding the folks who can build these kind of products and, and what does that team look like?
2: Oh, geez. Um, some of them I've been working with so long that I don't remember exactly how I found them in the first place, uh, <laughs> but it's also a remote team. I have six people that work with me, three on the development side, three on the marketing side. And, uh, we're all over, you know, there's one based locally in Vancouver. There's one in Eastern Europe. There's one in London. Um, one of the assistants is in Wyoming. You know, like we're basically like all over the place. Yeah. And uh, it just works for us. Also, you know, engage through Slack and just keep each other moving forward. That's great. Awesome. What, what do you do
1: for? Uh, you know, this is, I was talking with someone at this conference I was at last week. What do you do for team building? And, you know, aside from the functionality of Slack, you know, how do you build those same relationships that folks make in person when you're a virtual remote
2: company? Well, so, I mean, some of the private messaging, you know, like you try to like, how's it going? Like, you know, understand like where people are at. Unfortunately, over the past couple of years, partly because of COVID, just partly because maybe it's just been bad luck or hard times for, for everyone. A number of the people I work with have had, you know, some family, um, medical issues and there's been family members who have passed away and it's, it's, it's been hard on my staff and just keeping in touch with them and letting them know, like in some ways that either just a, you know, a care package or a gift or like asking them, you know, taking interest, um, all of that is really important to me and sometimes just showing up like uh, you know I my, my paralegal who's in Idaho um, I coordinated with him and flew out and we hung out for a day did a little work the next day and just um, kind of caught up in person it had been several years since we had seen each other in person but um, you know having that in in person time if they want to Right. Because it also depends on the person. Like maybe they're far too busy or, or something. But I think just taking the time to have a personal interest and in, and in care about other people. I mean, they're they're putting their hours and days into this project and, and what we're doing together and just taking the time to to care. Right. And one of the questions I like to ask everyone on the podcast
1: is what's uh an application, like an app or a a software or website that you use uh, or maybe a couple that you use personally and professionally that
2: uh, would save people time or maybe just be fun? Well, the saving time are the two that I mentioned before would probably be good examples like Slack and Box. You know, those are go-to. Obviously, Zoom um, or Google Meet. Google Meet sometimes for me is easier on like um, demos for some reasons, Zoom makes it complicated sometimes when it shouldn't be, um, for fun. So there's two ways for fun. Like one is non-tech, which is gardening, (laughs) just going into the garden and like working with the earth and planting stuff. And like, I mean, it's such a relief because your mind gets disconnected. Like you can actually have some peace of mind just thinking about, the here and now and this particular thing and no other thing at the t- that time, right? Yeah, a little grounding with the earth. Yeah, so there's that. As far as the tech side, I, I have an Oculus, um, you know, VR headset and that thing. I, I like it actually not so much for like all the games, which are great. And, you know, I do play the the Sabre um, game on there. But the Go- the Google Street View maps where... You could jump like to some place you visited a couple years ago, like let's say Prague, and find yourself right where you stood a couple of years ago. And for me, it's really it really helps me to ground my memory because instead of letting those memories fade, when you actually go into that particular location and you're looking around, and you're like, oh yeah, this is where we went to, for lunch and we had, you know, this there, and like, yeah. it it really helps to cement that experience. So you can walk through Google Maps with an Oculus. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Great. Oculus headsets well,
0: are so crazy. <laughs> they even have virtual offices. So like if everyone on your team had a headset, you can go in and design your whole office. It even brings up your computer screen in there. You can share your screen to the wall. It is so crazy what you can do. <laughs> so cool. Great.
1: Well, you know, that that's all the formal questions I had. But I guess one... Other valuable question is, you know, where where can people find you and how do they give Lodroid a try? Where where do they sign up and how does that work?
2: Yeah, I'd be happy for them to to give it a try. They just go to lodroid.com, and um, you know, there's a button where they could sign up. And uh, you know, I send them some videos. I walk them through it. I try to be as involved as I can with everyone that's that shows an interest in Lodroid. Uh, they could also follow me on Twitter at lodroid. And I also have a Substack like everyone else in the world. And mine is called lawdroidmanifesto.com. Okay, great. I'll make sure we get those in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for doing
1: this. And um, I guess uh, this will be past past tense maybe or not. <laughs> we're, we're doing a, a webinar. Well, it'll be past tense, but it'll be on YouTube. So when we get this uh, recording up, we'll probably already have completed the chat GPT and AI All-Stars webinar. And uh, Tom's been gracious enough to participate in that as well with Carolyn Elephant and Dennis Yu and myself. And so if uh, you're hearing this after the webinar, which you will be, if you want to see that and, and learn a little bit more about LawDroid and a number of other tools that you can use to manage your law firm and Um, Dennis Hughes. So, so informational, there'll probably be tons of AI tools just for life and, and business. Um, You'll find that on the 10 Golden Rules YouTube page, and uh, you can check out the entire webinar. So Tom, thanks for doing this. And I look forward to our chat uh, with the other experts next week.
2: Well, thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jenna. It's been great. This
0: was awesome. Thank you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing for Law Firms podcast. Please send questions and comments to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That is podcast at tengoldenrules.com. goldenrulescom